Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm just going to ask a question before we start into our buzz. Is your email marketing great in your company? Can you honestly say it's working for you? Okay, if not... Stick around for the next hour. Even if it is, stick around anyway. So now, I have a buzz quote from a man named Dan Jack, J-A-K. He is the head of email and SMS at a company called British Gas. He calls himself a full-time email marketing geek. And he's a passionate photographer, and he says he mostly tweets about email. So here is the quote. Listen up. This is part of what we're going to be discussing today. Personalization. It's not about first and last name. It's about relevant content. That stands for a lot of what we've been talking about, social selling, digital selling, small business marketing. So let's talk now about email. That's our focus today. Email is predicted to be used by more than 3 billion, that's with a B, 3 billion people worldwide by 2020. And guess what? That's 13 months from now or less. We're on the cusp of going into 2019 already. And that's according to a 2016 study by the Radicati Group. But here's the other side. Marketing profs found in a 2016 survey the same year that 42% of marketers did not send targeted email messages. This is a common error among small businesses, which this series, Think Big Work Small, focuses on, as well as large corporations. They also share the same oops by not using permission marketing. We can talk about that later in the show. So all I have to say is, are you ready for email marketing best practices? I know you are. And are you ready to learn how to build an email marketing campaign that converts to sales? Of course you are. So welcome, welcome, welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And let me tell you who my three experts are today. This is quite a panel. You're going to learn a lot. I promise you. Clear your desk, clear your calendar, lock the door. Invite everybody in your office first to listen with you. So in just a moment, I'll be introducing you again, returning guests, they're all returning guests, to John Walker, founder and managing partner at Chirp, C-H-I-R-P, and we'll find out how he named his company. And joining him is Marco Arguez, Global Marketing Director, Social and Digital Selling at SAP. Been a long time since Marco's been on, and we're very happy to have him back. And rounding out the panel, of course, is the sponsor of this series, a very smart lady, always happy to have her on the air, Lorraine Maurice. She is the senior Director of Global Indirect Channel Marketing at SAP, and she calls herself a modern marketer, in quotes. So welcome to our panel, and let's get started with their opening quotes. John Walker is quoting Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, young guy born in 1958, American businessman and investor, owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks, co-owner of 2929 Entertainment, chairman of AXS-TV, and he's one of the main shark investors on the TV reality series Shark Tank. Here's the quote. The best salesperson is the one the customer trusts and never has to question. John Walker, it's been just a couple of weeks, but we're very happy to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Bonnie? Fine. Thank you so much for asking. Talk to me. I love the quote from Mark Cuban. We're talking email marketing. So let's pair email marketing with salesperson. Is that a happy marriage? Tell me how the quote applies to our topic, John. Everyone within an organization is a salesperson in today's environment, Bonnie, and everyone has got to ensure they earn the trust of the customer throughout the entire buyer journey. Anytime a customer has to question your intent and or the reason you're reaching out, that's in turn when you start to diminish that trust. And so every company, every position within every company must consider themselves a salesperson on the front line, earning that trust maintaining that trust and ultimately converting that to loyalty so that they become long-term customers. 
So tell me something. Does this take special training? I know that's what everybody say. Oh, do I really have to train my people? Is there a special course I have to give them and how to think like a salesperson when they're doing their emails? Is this something that takes a lot of time to get to do well, John? Being good human beings, hopefully everyone <laughs> is going to be trustworthy overall. However, there's some, a few fundamentals to sales success that applies to everyone throughout our organization. That's trust. That's transparency, that's credibility, and that's advocacy on your brand. It's also ensuring your customer success is a top priority in everything you do. So building that trust along the entire journey, but also through the loyalty phase, is going to be critical to any company's success. Thank you very much. I know we have a lot of tips and tricks and best practices to learn from you. And we'll be checking back with you in a few minutes, John, to find out what you've been up to at Chirp. But I still want to know, I want everybody to know again how you named the company. Now let's turn to Marco, our guys. And Marco has sent us a quote that I have to read in Latin. Marco, how dare you? And it's from Seneca. Seneca the Younger, that's his full name, 4 BC to 65 AD. They counted up in those days, not down. They kind of backwards. Uh, his full name is Lucius Aeneasus, Aeneas Seneca, known simply as Seneca, a Roman Stoic philosopher, statesman, dramatist, and a satirist of the Silver Age of Latin literature. I think he knew what he was talking about. Here's the quote in Latin, and I will give you the popular English translation. The quote is, Distringit liborum multitudo. And that translates, I don't know whether it's loosely or literally, to the abundance of books is distraction. Marco, welcome back. How have you been? I'm doing really well, Vani. Nice to hear you again. Thank you for being here. So talk to me. How in the world did you find a Latin quote? It's, it, I'd say in seven years we probably had maybe one other Latin quote from a guest from thousands of guests on all of our radio shows. Tell me about this quote. <laughs> sure. Well, it happens to be that Seneca is kind of popular here in Spain because he, he had born in in Cordoba, although he, he was raised in Rome. But well, that, that's the reason why I'm used to hear this kind of stuff here around. <laughs> but the, the, the reason why I like this quote is because uh, it seemed interesting to me that the excess of information that exists today in the Internet era looks very similar to what Seneca was saying, right? All mm-hmm. the information that is massively produced instead of helping to generate better relationships between individuals by delivering uh, the relevant info to every single individual and audience, uh, what it's really achieving is the creation of an excess of information that is difficult to digest, uh, difficult to do it in a short time, of course, and it happens to, to, to deliver an opposite effect in where the speakers, rather than receive more personalized communications, in where they feel represented with careful made messages uh, with relevant information, actually are receiving just generic thousands and thousands of generic messages that are not mm-hmm. relevant and that actually more likely are going to deliver your message, your email, directly to the junk mail, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the abundance. I guess we are we have been in a situation of information overload, but I, I think there's a very fine line between getting an email and feeling and, and welcoming it or even wanting to read the title and then open it versus feeling spammed. Do you think anything coming from a business is first considered as spam today, Marco? Is it that bad in terms of the abundance? Well, I, I believe that everything that is, that is not relevant to your interest mm-hmm. and that has been sent to you without not, not, not only your permit, but actually at least with, your, your, with some research about your interest and without the things that you really need is kind of a spam, right? I mean, uh, you can receive thousands and hundreds of communications that are not, not at all related to what you do. Like, I, I am not a runner, and I receive hundreds and hundreds of advertising around uh, shoes, sports, uh, clothes, and etc. that are not at all relevant to me. So they are wasting their time, and I'm, I'm making waste my right? Very interesting point. Very, I'm glad you brought that up because it's happening in our personal lives as well as in our business lives. You know, I get so tired of opting out, Marco. Sometimes I just know when I see things come in. Well, first of all, it makes me feel very popular to know that I received 50 to 100 emails overnight on my personal email. <laughs> and say, oh, well, I'm on somebody's list. I'm not alone. But then I look and I say, nope, not opening that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. That one. And then I start removing myself from via the opt-outs. Some of them are so hard to use, I just let the 
them come in and I just ignore them. So we could talk a little bit about that as well. Thank you, Marco, and welcome back. And now waiting patiently. Lorraine, a couple of weeks ago, I had a third panelist and I said, welcome, Bob. He was waiting patiently and Bob said, how do you know I'm patient? Something like that. It just kind of blew up in my face. So I shouldn't have said that. Lorraine Maurice is waiting in the wings. There we go. She's on deck. And Lorraine has sent us a quote from a man named Jim Kukral, K-U-K-R-A-L. I had to look him up. He is recognized as an expert in online marketing and branding. He travels around the world teaching brands and business owners how to apply his unskippable method to their marketing and brand mission. And uh, interesting, Lorraine, I don't know if you know this, but he was the opening speaker for an event in Las Vegas recently where Mark Cuban was the keynote. And I thought that was interesting that that uh, John Walker has sent us a quote from Mark Cuban and you've sent us a quote from Jim Kukrell. His comments were, I gave the opening remarks for Mark Cuban before his keynote at a large event in Vegas. I introduced myself to him and Mark Cuban said, I have one piece of advice for you, Jim. Be quick. Then he smiled and laughed. He's right. And then his professional bio, apparently Jim has written 10 books and he's one of the top experts in creative marketing. So here's the quote Lorraine has sent. Get ready for this. Take two ideas and put them together to make one new idea. After all, what is a Snuggie but a mutation of a blanket and a robe? Question mark. Lorraine, it's winter. Do we need more Snuggies in the world? How are you? <laughs> I am great. How are you, Bonnie? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Did you happen to know when you picked Jim's quote that he had opened for Mark Cuban after after uh, John Walker sent us the Mark Cuban quote? Come on, tell me. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't think and so. I am a, a business fan of Mark Cuban. I think I've mentioned on a previous show that yeah. I knew Mark. He has no idea who I am, but I knew him before he was, I put my fingers up in quotation, the Mark Cuban. And he was a kid telling all of these uh, computer industry executives how the world would change. And they thought, oh, no way. And here we are. So here very, we are. Very um, forward-thinking man. Wow. Very, very much. I always uh, like when he takes over on Shark Tank. I don't watch it too much anymore. <laughs> I was a big fan when I was in New York. Uh, but there was always something very grounded about him when he speaks on Shark Tank. He He seems to be like the the one who's very centered about whether he's going to invest or not, what the business plan looks like and how committed and dedicated the, the, the person is who's seeking the money. Anyway, I digress, but I got such a kick out of when I was reading about Jim and found out he had opened for Mark Cuban. John Walker, were you surprised that Lorraine picked somebody who opened for Mark? Is that an interesting sidebar? Not surprised at all. Lorraine's a modern marketer, so she follows the latest in modern marketing trends. So I'm not surprised one bit. Oh, are you good, Lorraine? He is good. <laughs> so, Lorraine, now we have to talk about Snuggies and email marketing. You got to you got to draw those dotted lines for me, please. Go ahead. Oh, it's easy. First of all, for anybody that doesn't know what a Snuggie is, and you gave the definition, you know, it's a blanket in a robe. Think of almost a onesie for a baby, uh, and it's very comfortable and warm. But really how it draws together is that, you know, when you're marketing, it is not a single tactic opportunity. It is always a multi-tactic opportunity. And to support social media is really about growing your database and your email list and your contact list and then uh, even vice versa. So if you think of email as just a traditional message from me to you, um, in marketing, that's not necessarily what we're talking about today. You know, we're talking about the fact that it really is a conversation point. Um, it's a nurture point. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an automation point, And it's part of bringing your message and your identity together with your, your total marketing umbrella. Interestingly so enough. Nothing stands and if- alone. And I was going to say, if you do it right, then people will feel snuggly in your emails, right? They'll be happy to receive them. They'll feel warm and cozy instead of attacked and spammed. Drum roll. Did on thought. I play the drums now. I'll run in the other room and give you a give you a fill there. I'll give you the drum roll. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Lorraine. Uh, as I said, this is a really great panel. Let's circle back to John Walker at Chirp. And John, three questions for you. You probably know the questions by heart now. Number one, where in the world are you today? City, state, country, region, location, uh, corner of a sidewalk somewhere, wherever you are. A tall building, short building, whatever. And number 
number two question is, let's focus the favorite beverage on what's upcoming for you and your cup for the holiday, something interesting. And the third question is, bring us up to date on what's happening with Chirp and how did you name the company? Go ahead. Sounds cool. Today, I am on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for a family commitment. And the Mississippi Gulf Coast is um, very close to New Orleans as well as Mobile, Alabama. And I would have to tell you, based on my physical location, the drink of choice today would be community coffee because it's a little chilly today. Although it's sunny, it's still chilly. And so some good old chicory roasted community coffee from New Orleans would hit the spot so Chirp is a integrated marketing communications and digital firm specifically focused on technology and B2B companies. Mm-hmm. And the way we came up with the name is that a lot of technology companies are very constrained in simplifying their message and sharing it with the world. And so Chirp really helps them to find their unique voice and amplify it in very targeted, strategic ways. And so Chirp is a way that allows you to stand up stand out, it piques people's interest, and it, it, it prompts them to want to learn more. So thank you so much for having me today. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and I'm so intrigued. I want a, a truth moment here with you, John Walker. Anything to do with a, a play off on Twitter and people saying, I'm tweeting, tweet, 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 and chirp, chirp, chirp. Any any uh, implications there? It has nothing to do with that. In fact, I bought the URL over a decade ago, Bonnie, and this is way before social media had even taken off. And to be honest, I was out for a long walk around my neighborhood, and I heard a bird chirp, and it caught my attention. And I thought to myself, what a brilliant way to characterize a marketing services agency for technology companies, and that's how it stuck. I love that. And by the way, I did look up, you know, I did community coffee. I'm just going to read a couple of lines here. Community coffee is a coffee roaster and distributor based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. As of 2005, it was the largest family owned coffee brand in the United States. Did not know that. Controlling 52% of the market in Southern Louisiana and 72% in Baton Rouge and employing 850 people. Oh, my. That's quite something. I've never heard of them. I'm so glad you mentioned it. And uh, I was going to ask you what they were. What's your favorite favorite style of community coffee? Is there a favorite blend you like, John? I, I like their traditional house blend. However, if you look at the region overall, there's also some really famous blends, such as the praline and cream, which is always great for the holidays. And then as you look towards carnival season, they have a wonderful king cake flavored coffee that you don't want to miss if you ever have the opportunity. Mm, I'm going to look for that. I have to get rid of my machine that only takes their brand, the end machine. Maybe I need to go back to something that has a wider variety of little cups there. So thank you very much. And now let's turn to Marco, our guys. Marco, we'd love to know where in the world you are today. What's your favorite beverage, perhaps for the holidays, if you're willing to share that with us? And what is your, what's up with you and your role? Go ahead. Sure. Well, I'm based in Spain, specifically, I live in Barcelona, I work at the Barcelona's office, uh, Barcelona's in the, and work in the Barcelona's office of SAP. So today is a nice day here in Barcelona, as you know, it's sunny, although we are already almost uh, getting close to the, to the cold weather, still mm-hmm. there is some sun out there, so definitely uh, a beer is a good for me now. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. simple. I have a lot of things to do, and, and when you have too many things to do with, sometimes simple things are very, very welcome, right? Very cool. And what's your? Uh, what have you been doing? What are you doing for the holidays? You're in Spain right now. What's the traditional celebration? Is there a big Christmas pageant, or do you celebrate with family and friends? Just give us a little insight into what you're going to be doing. Sure. Yeah, well, usually in, in Spain, everything is very, very familiar. You know, all your family get get together. And we cook together for, for, for Christmas. Uh, usually, uh, we have several celebrations, uh, pretty much tied to, to the Catholic uh, church. You know, and we have a lot of things around us, as it could be also a Christmas market. So it's everything very, very familiar. Everybody is, is getting together and sharing time with, with all the family. Uh, the food varies a lot. I mean, we have uh, uh, Camon Serrano, you know, which is very, very famous for here. We, we cook a lot of things, different dishes for, 
for Christmas. So it's a very busy time, very busy family time, and we enjoy all. Thank you. Glad you shared that with us, and thank you for joining us today. Lorraine, you know the questions. Where are you? What do you love to drink? And what's new with you, Ms. Modern Marketer? So I am in Atlanta, Georgia today, and even though there are many people in the world much with much colder temperatures, it is a uh, balmy 40 degrees. Uh, Marco, mm. you can <laughs> translate that into Celsius for us. And um, I am drinking some hot tea with honey because I have a little tickle in my throat. I'd mm. much prefer to drink a martini, but it is only 1024 uh, Eastern time, so I'll stick with the hot tea for now. Okay, we're, we're, we're flattered on our behalf that you're staying with the tea. And what's new with you, Ms. Modern Marketer? Well, um, we're coming to the end of close of the year, so we're very focused on ensuring that all marketing programs are tight, reviewing what worked, what didn't work, and making adjustments, and obviously planning for 2019. And just a little side note about um, a fun thing we're doing for the holiday season um, that even if you have a small office or you can do it with your vendors is uh, we're all taking pictures of a holiday activity or tablescape or something and we're sharing it and then we're playing a game to guess where it is and who it's from and using personalities to, to kind of guess why that specific tablescape or market event is relates to that person just a a little bonding experience community building I love it Lorraine that reminds me when I was a reporter for the Great Neck Record which is part of a set of 18 local community papers under the 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 purview or the ownership of Anton Community Papers on Long Island New York Um, I was uh, I, I did a lot of articles in addition to covering. I came up with some creative stories. And at one point, I collected baby pictures from some people who were very popular, well-known elected officials, heads of organizations like the Chamber of Commerce. I collected baby pictures, and I posted them, and I asked the question, do you know who this is, to the readers? And we had so much fun because everybody had to think, is that Bob and is that George and is that Mary and is that Bonnie and is, is that Wendy? And it was just, it just reminded me of what you said about the tablescapes. Whose is it? Where is it? Very, very interesting. There are some really cool bonding experiences like that, aren't there, Lorraine? Who came up with that idea? Is that something you've done before? It's something our team has done before and not me. I wish I was that clever. It was uh, another teammate came up with the idea. Very, very cool. And you mentioned you're in Atlanta and balmy weather at balmy weather at forty. Well, I have to tell you, I'm here in Durham, and I just was told by a friend who's in New York. You know, I left New York after 35 years and moved here a little over a year ago, expecting beautiful, warm weather, Lorraine, and that has not been the case. We had, I think, 23 degrees overnight last night. We're going to hit up to a balmy 54 today. It was 72 last Sunday, but before I get too far afield here. Uh, a friend in New York told me that there is a west westerly coming east snowstorm this weekend. So I asked my trusty Alexa this morning what the weather forecast is for Sunday. And she said, three inches of snow. She's talking right now, three inches of snow. And I'm not prepared for that. It's just early December. So that's going to be very interesting. My sports car, she still gave me the weather forecast in the other room. My uh, sports car does not like to go in anything more than about an eighth of an inch of slush. So it looks like I'll be home this Sunday. What can I tell you? I am drinking cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug because they still don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. Thank you, Alexa. She's still talking in the other room. That was a long weather forecast. If you're just tuning in, we're talking today about the title of the show. I didn't give it in the opening. I should have. Avoid the spam folder. Email marketing that works. Is your email targeted? Are you spamming people? Are you annoying the people you want to pay attention to, the people you need to reach, to convert, to sales? Come on. Is email something you're tired of doing because it just isn't hitting the mark? Well, we have three experts here. We're going to take a quick break and come back. But my experts are John Walker at Chirp, C-H-I-R-P-P-R, Margo Arguez. And if you're looking at Marco, his last name is Arguez, A-R-G-A-E-Z. He's at SAP. And, of course, the sponsor of the series. The wonderful, inimitable Lorraine Maurice at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back with a lot more. We're going to get into best practices, tips, and tricks and give you a lot of takeaways. That's our gift to you. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. 
Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. And if you haven't figured out by now, after three years, Think Big, Work Small is referencing small to mid-sized companies. And it's possible we're going to get to predictions at the end of the show. And I'm going to ask our sponsor, Lorraine Maurice at SAP, our modern marketer extraordinaire, if she can predict what the series may be renamed to as a little hook there, Lorraine, for 2019. But I digress. Let's do a deep dive into our topic. We're talking today about avoiding the spam folder. Email marketing that works is your or email marketing working, or not so much. A lot of bounce backs, a lot of people opting out. I don't know if that's a kiss of death, but it might be. So John Walker at Chirp sent me the following information. Let's kick this off. He says, exceptional lead generation results for your business come from a relentless willingness to experiment with different tactics. And he's going to talk a little bit about modern email marketing that includes personalization, omni-channel and relevance based on the new b2b buyer's journey john it's all yours yeah thank you bonnie so i mean if we think about b2b buying overall traditionally the buyer's journey has been extremely linear and that linear buyer's journey no longer exists in fact it's extremely erratic a lot of people think that traditional b2b buyers are um are not necessarily the millennial, but in reality, a study by Google recently found that a majority of B2B buyers are millennials, and a majority of them are using their mobile devices during the purchase process, and a majority of them are looking at eight pieces of content, and some of them are looking at even five to seven after those initial eight pieces of content. So mm. your traditional marketing funnel as we know it is completely dead. And there's no one-size-fits-all approach for any company overall. So I would say, number one, you've got to make sure that your information overload does not become a hindrance and you become more relevant and personal in all of your outreach. Mass marketing, as it relates to email, just does not work any longer. And just including a first name and a last name does not work either. You've got to have relevant content that speaks to that individual as a market of one we all want to do business with other people that we like and that we trust, like my opening quote from Mark Cuban stated. And so we want to make sure that we're being extremely relevant, timely, and personal in all of our outreach. And that's ultimately how B2B marketers can stand out amongst the competitive pack. Earlier in the conversation, Bonnie, you mentioned that we're going to have 3 billion email users mm-hmm. by 2020. 
But yep. in reality, there's over two there's over two hundred and sixty nine billion emails sent every single day. And fifty percent of those are promotional in nature. So mm-hmm. how do we really stand out in trying to reach this this highly coveted audience? Think about your subject line. Does it speak to them? Is it timely? Is it relevant? Is it personal? Are we really are we really tempting them to open up the email and to take action? And those are some key things that marketers need to think about in today's email and marketing environment. Thank you. And, John, that goes back to my opening quote, my buzz quote from Dan Jack, our, our email, calling himself an email guru. Personalization is not about first and last name. It's about relevant content, exactly what you said. So I'm glad we tied up that thread. Marco, our guys, love to get your thoughts on what John just shared with us. Marco, go ahead. Sure. I fully agree with John. I mean, definitely the, the, the old funnel and the old buyer's journey have changed dramatically. And uh, I fully agree with the data that is consistent what I have found uh, with, with our partners and with what we do in SAP that at least eight pieces of content are consumed by customers before making any business decision uh, or contact even a salesperson to engage in a conversation. So that takes us to the fact that we have to do way better work in terms of segmentation when we are trying to tackle down different audiences to make sure what John just said. I mean, we have to have really relevant information that can address that people in the best way and that can really deliver value to them in terms of either uh, new knowledge or information that can, that can be used by them for, for educational purposes or whatever. But definitely, we have to do, do better work in understanding the audience and before, when we used to send uh, emails, it was because uh, it was a more efficient way to deliver your message to many people. And, and mm-hmm. I agree with that still, you can do that. However, the difference is that today there are other means, as it could be social media, that have get closer the people to each other. And it means that people can exchange information between them. They don't need to bring the information from sources that were a little bit far before, so they are quite close to each other, and therefore the exchange of information is, is happening in, into those places, right, in social media, uh, in forums, blogs. And so it means that there is no really need to deliver generic email messages in the way that we used to do, but instead, the email is a very powerful tool that you can use for follow-up after being contacted, uh, contacted people and, and, and get the legit uh, the, the, the legit need of, for, for certain type of information and then deliver the message that we need to deliver to them. So I, I definitely believe that even messages still work, but probably it works in a different stage of the sales process or, or, or the sales cycle. Thank you. Very good comments, Marco. Lorraine, join us, please. Thoughts? Well, I, I'd like to disagree with the gentleman, but I cannot. And I can just, you know, it really is about don't spam, make it personal, make it relevant. Email's not going away. It's going to continue. It's, it, it's a, a foundational element in nurturing. It's a foundational element in marketing automation. It's a fa- foundational element in digital selling. So it's not going away, but what's happening is it has to become, again, I, I go back to personal and specific. No more spam. Thank you very much. All good advice. Um, John, any comments you want to make on what your co-panelists shared? I know they agreed with you a million percent, which is – go ahead. And I agree with them wholeheartedly. I mean, I I, I really like where Marco went in terms of delivering value, right? I mean, so as a a market of one, I want to make sure that I am spending my very limited time consuming information that's going to add value to my organization's overall success. Is that value going to help me deliver business results and business outcomes? And like Lorraine said around the whole notion around being specific, don't be vague. Our time is very limited. We're receiving so many emails every single day. Be very specific in terms of why you're emailing me and why I should open it and why I should gauge with you. And then ultimately your conversion will, will, will generate the results you need. Thank you very much. All good points. And let's look at some really specific things here. Marco has sent me uh, a do and don't do list here. And Marco, I think we're just going to attack three of these out of your list of five you sent me. I'll have you explain them and then we'll get Lorraine and John to chime in. So first of all, you say avoid spam traps. Why don't you tell us about that one, Marco? Sure. I mean, uh, 
due to the fact that uh, tons and tons of generic messages were sent in the past, uh, there has been created some uh, lists in where the email that used to spam people has been blackmailed. Basically, they have been set into those lists, and all the service providers understand that those lists more likely are going to de deliver the messages coming from those uh, those companies or those people to the to the junk mail, right? So uh, there are many many ways in how we can we can avoid to go to those traps, and basically everything falls down into the same to the same uh, reason, which is a personalized message and make it more relevant, compelling, and valuable for the people that you are sending it. So. Uh, if you are using generic sentences like buy, promotion, get in touch, I have the best product, I mean, all of those generic sentences are already into the spam filters and more likely all of those messages are going to be directed to, 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 the, to the junk mail, right? So rather than do that approach and considering the fact that um, we are not the only ones using that approach to the same, very same people, definitely by having more knowledge and, and, and better understanding of what the people need, and when I say the people, I'm not saying only in terms of the industry or in terms, we have to go a little bit one level down. I mean, we have to go to the line of business. You know, it's not the same to talk to all the companies in, 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 in automotive industry rather than go directly to, to discussions and conversations or content that is relevant to the to the CFO, for example, or, or to the person that is directly uh, working in the day, they doing something into that industry. So as much as we can go and drill down one level uh, in, into more in-depth into the organizations, probably we will find better segmentation into the content that we are delivering, and therefore our communications are going to be better directed, more specific, and what, with that we can avoid those uh, spam traps that I, that I mentioned. Thank you very much. Let's go to the next one. This is really great advice. You say avoid spam, trigger, and phishing phrases. And those of you who don't know what we're talking about, phishing is P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, not with the F. So go ahead, Marco. How do we avoid the trigger and the phishing phrases? What words? It's similar to what we I just said. I mean, it has to be with the same thing. Uh, but basically, in this case, uh, it relates to all of those messages that have been created by, by spammers or, or people that is doing phishing. I mean, phishing means uh, trying to get your data to be used with not good means, you know. And uh, usually, all of those mails, all the mails that have been created with those type of templates, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. those copy blocks and all the text that is created into that way, also are documented into into blackmail list and, uh, and include spammers list. So if your mails look like those uh, those those messages, those communications, more likely you are going to go to that to the junk mail as well. Independently, that is if, if your message is legit or not. You know, it's about. I mean, remember that we have smart filters here that are you looking at your content and at your text. And if you text mention some of the more popular sentences used used by the phishing, the fishers or or, or, or those type of, of communications, more likely you're going to be considered one and you're going to be blackmailed. Once you're blackmailed, uh, you have to, to 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 literally call to the provider and try to uh, uh, to clean your, your email yeah. if you want to continue to be uh, delivered to the right place, right? So it's Thank complicated, you so it's more easy to do it differently. I try to, to, to create better messages and try to, to stand out from the rest of the tons of tons of, of emails that we receive every day. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, Marco, I've been recently, I know when people I know or sort of know have been hacked because I'll get an email that just says something like, I was so surprised by this. And then it's from Bob Smith, and there's 20 names on it. They're not hidden. It's in clear text. And I know because I get it all the time, and the person sending it supposedly has had their email hacked. So I would say don't send don't send a, a, a targeted mail. Dear Bonnie, I was so surprised by this because I'll just think it's spam instantly. That to me is, is a spam phrase. Now, one more I want to check with you on, Mark. I want to get you to tell us. You say send a text version together with HTML because if you only send HTML in an email, it very often will land in the spam folder, plop right into the spam. So, how do people? Sh how should people do this? What's the method? Well, the message here is uh, you, sh you have to be or try to be more succinct in the type of messages that you write down. Right? I mean, we all have created and received <laughs> in both sides. Right? We are marketeers, so we have mm -hmm. received and sent it. We have created those messages that are really big. You know. 
uh, we want to really explain and make sure that the person that is receiving that communication uh, that understand our product, our service, the, the, all the beauty we can do for them. <laughs> so we, we have done that. However, we have to understand that the latency time of a message over the Internet, that is some data that I have gotten from, from social media sources and, and so on, it's about three seconds. So you have really three seconds to convince a person to read or not your message or to accept or not your connection request on social media, right? So it's three seconds. So how much you can say within that time? So what is my point? My point is a little bit tied to what I just explained before. I mean, the, 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 the phishing phrases and the spam traps. If you send an HTML, HTML looks better. It looks beauty. I, I know mm -hmm. that. But sometimes yep. uh, you can, there, there's bad people that are sending also uh, HTML code that can be uh, dangerous. You know what I mean? They, they can use that uh, to, to, to fish your data or to, or, or to damage your data directly. Right? So what is the point? If you, if you consider that you, the, the attention spam of the people is three seconds and that you have three seconds just to deliver a catchy message that can invite the person to read out more about what you want to say, there is no sense to create an HTML that is going to be carefully reviewed by all the spam filters. You know, if you send just a link and, and, and a text version, a reduced version, a succinct version in where you deliver your you value proposition to the person that is reading your message, that might be enough to invite the people to go to the next level. You have to earn it. You have to go to the next level. And then this person is going to go to the HTML and read a little bit more about what you have to say. So we have to slow down. <laughs> That's my point. My point is Thank you. We, we have to go step-by-step step into the process yep. of engaging with a customer, and we have to earn the different layers of communication with that customer. Pretty different to what was happening 10 years ago, uh, seven years ago, when only mail exists as a such, right? So you have only one opportunity to deliver all your messages. Today you have several means, and we have to use all those means together as part of a whole and compressive process, and we have to do this smartly, right? So there's no sense to deliver a huge message when you can send a succinct message, some lines of text only in where you deliver your value proposition and then invite the people to go on the conversation to a different place, you know, social media or, or to a web page or whatever you want. If your message is compelling enough, they will do it, right? So that, that, that's what, what, why I suggest to do this. Thank you, Marco. Great advice. Lorraine, need you to weigh in on this. Thoughts on what Marco shared in here, all of the above. Agree, disagree? You want to add anything? Marco is very smart, so I can't disagree. Yes. He's got very good points. A couple of things, though, I'd, I'd love to share is that everybody makes mistakes. And um, we, a big company like SAP recently made one where we were sending out um, an email to our partners, but we were sending it individually based on their customer list, so something like that. However, mm -hmm. they were getting so many emails from us with the same title that it kicked oh. it all back. So oh. everybody makes a mistake, and you learn from it, and you try again. And then the other thing I just wanted to share is Marco spent some time talking about you know, words to avoid in phishing. HubSpot yes. offers a, a great, not only a tutorial, but a list of words not to use. Um, and I think many of us have come across that, even when we're sending a note to a friend, like it starts with tonight, or you're invited, or join me. I mean, those are things that sometimes get picked up. So... Those are just uh, the, some quick things that I thought I could um, share and add on to what Marco said. Thank you very much. John Walker at Chirp, talk to us. Like to add anything yeah, I mean, to Marco's list? I mean, these are such excellent points. I mean, you know, we, we talked earlier about the fact that your subject line really matters. But in reality, also, the best emails have the simplest designs. You know, you, you don't want to use multiple fonts. You don't want to have a lot of white space. You, you, you want to make sure that the human brain is able to process it as quickly as possible. And we've found that using images are really helpful, too, because mm. people process images much quicker than text. So if you can convey, convey that message with an, an attention-grabbing image instead of words, you're going to be a lot more successful. And then most importantly, keep your emails short and to the point to, to drastically improve the probability of it being read and acted upon. I think those are some other key points to take into consideration. 
Thank you very much. I'm going to skip over to Lorraine because I'm looking at the clock. We've got about five minutes till we have to dive deeply into our crystal ball prediction round. Lorraine, I'm going to hit on three things in your notes here. I think you can probably tie them very nicely together with a red bow in honor of the Christmas season or a blue bow for, for the Hanukkah season. I'm in that right now. So you say you'll see the highest ROI, that's return on investment, when you build and maintain an engaged subscriber list made up of people who opted in because they want to hear from you. Number two, you say the first follow-up email is so crucial to the success of your email marketing efforts. And the third thing you say, segmentation. Some customers want product and sales updates. Others only want to hear about new versions or other things. So Lorraine, can you tie this up for me together? I think there's some great points in here. So I could tie it up with something I talk about a lot, and I could be a broken record on this, is value. At the end of the day, (laughs) excuse me, you have to be providing some sort of value to the recipient, something that they need that will help them be better, do better, solve a business problem. So when you're thinking about crafting, again, it shouldn't be just an email strategy. It should be a well-rounded marketing strategy, a campaign strategy that includes many things. And obviously, it all ties back to revenue. You have to start with who the customer is or the recipient why you're contacting them, what's the outcome you're looking for, and what's the value that you're bringing to them that would make them open the email. And that's what's really critical, and that's when people can don't unsubscribe from you. You In the beginning, we talked about all of the millions of emails, and sometimes we unsubscribe or subscribe. Well, I subscribe to everything because I have FOMO. I have fear of missing out. And that one time that that store has something that catches my eye, I want to know about it. And the fact that it takes me one second to delete it isn't a problem. But so from my perspective, it has to have a value. And if it has a value and you clean your subscriber list, you make it personal, then, it, then it's going to be successful. And you're going to be able to, to, to nurture and create leads and the first response back is critical. It's, you know, just very similar to responses in other community and conversation tactics. If you're not responsive, if you're not mm-hmm. articulate, and you're not truly listening, even in a reading format, you'll yeah. miss the boat, and that person will go away. Interesting. And talk to me about segmentation. have to know about that. What, how do you do that? It sounds like it takes a lot of time. Well, you know, and there are many tools available for that. I mean, you know, you, you have to take them cleaning your database. You can use tools like, you know, um, AI, you know, and, and artificial intelligence tools to make that happen. You can be very specific in your mailing list. And segmentation, somebody used that word earlier. It, you, you can't, you're not everything to everybody. You may think you are, but that's not how you market. You have to market very specifically and very targeted. And your message needs to be very specific and very targeted. And that's how you get personal. And that's how you get closer to the recipient and understanding their audience. So if your audience is HR, you know, human resources, or your audience is healthcare, even though they may have a similar title, they're not the same. Their problems are different. And Marco mentioned something about, you know, going, you know, into the lines of business and going deeper into an organization, not just spamming. That's where that all comes into play. Knowing your audience, segmenting it, looking at the message for each one, and then carefully crafting that message, that subject line, um, the responses to make sure, again, it goes back to value to the recipient. Thank you very much, Lorraine. Such great tips. I really appreciate that. Uh, We really don't have time for comments from the others, but I think we're all good. So John Walker at Chirp PR, it's time for your crystal ball prediction. What do you think will change about the whole concept of email marketing? Will companies get smarter? Will they keep making the same mistakes? Will we have a new name for spam? Will we name it after, I don't know, the baloney folder maybe? I'm thinking of spam in a can, John. Will will people have to have a, a whole separate part of their email that's big enough to contain all the spam that they don't want to receive? Uh, will companies lose out because they didn't go to opt-in marketing? Will they see a massive pushback from customers? So, John Walker, prediction, 60 seconds, go. 60 seconds, great. Look, <laughs> we are going to have to continue to 
um, just improve their overall effort. We're going to have to test. We're going to have to try some things to figure out what's working for our customers and what's not. I agree with Lorraine that advanced technologies such as AI, machine learning, chatbot, you name it, they're all going to have value along the customer journey. But let's realize also that marketing is only one tactic of the overall lead generation approach to make sure you're personalizing the experience through all touch points, whether it's email, whether it's website, whether it's live experiences and events overall. That personalization, customization, relevance, and value is going to really help us stand out Thank you, John. We're having a little trouble hearing you at the end there. Your line is going downhill, but we got most of what you said, and thank you so much. Let's go to Marco, our guys. Marco, 60 seconds. What's your prediction? Sure. Well, I still see value in the email as an easy way and actually as a natural way to exchange information between customers and, uh, and between people, right? But definitely uh, my prediction is that uh, the email is going to become more valuable after the people get acquainted. I mean, uh, you have to use other means today to get to know the people, to get to to understand your audience. I fully agree with with Lorraine in segmentation. So, as much as you go in depth into into the knowledge of your of, of your receiver of your customer, you will use more 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 wisely the email communication. But probably in in the second stage of your process, contacting new customers and 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 your names. Thank you very much. Lorraine, I saved 60 seconds for you, and I want you to give me, please, a two-part prediction, one about our topic and one about when you renew for next year, what the new series will be called, what the spinoff of Think Big, Work Small will be. Lorraine, I have 90 seconds. That's it for you. Go ahead. So we're leaning towards something that that all businesses should be um, thinking about, and that's that marketing generates revenue and needs to be looked at as a, a revenue point. And that's what the new season will be all about, is how marketing generates revenue, how it, it how it's different, and how people use it. How different people use it. So, my person is a marketer, and your marketing is a marketer. So it's really about marketing revenue and how to um, make it work best for your company. Okay, and what will the new series be called? Got a name for us? Uh, marketing is a revenue driver. Well, we got to have a game changers in there. How about game changing marketing, revenue driving marketing? How's that? Something like that will be perfect. Okay, thank you very much. I want to thank my three panelists, and I want to wish you all a very, very happy holiday season. And let me also thank Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio. So appreciative for all you do for us, Aaron. And we also have a shout-out to Lorraine's colleague, Brittany Gu. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, G-U-H. She works so hard putting these panels and these topics together, and she's very diligent. And we appreciate you, Brittany. I know you're not on Twitter, but you'll be able to hear this at the end. So, Lorraine Keller, we did a shout-out. So here is my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like John Walker at Chirp PR, just like Marco Argyes at SAP, and of course, just like Lorraine Maurice at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week with more live radio on Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.